0: Welcome to another episode of the One Year No Beer podcast. My name is Ruri Fairbairns, and today I'm joined by an absolute legend, also a very good friend. He's been on the podcast before, but this guy is super awesome, superhuman, a little bit nuts, and I love him to bits. Um, So I'm really happy to have him back on the show. Um, He's been an amazing supporter of me, of the business, they're investors in One Year No Beer, we used to stand at the end of the race line of every Spartan in the UK, cheering people on and them to change their relationship with alcohol. So I'm super, super, super pleased and happy to be joined by Joe. Um, I never know where these conversations are gonna go with Joe, as you'll see. And um, if he challenges me to do anything, <laughs> I'm scared, help me, please. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm kidding. Uh, maybe you'll join me and whatever is crazy thing he tries to get me to do. So, anyway, without further ado, let's welcome to the show, Joe DeSena. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Joe DeSena. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really good. Um, as I mentioned before, I put up anyone watching on our YouTube channel, I put this um, sign up specifically for you, Joe. It's normally reserved for internal meetings. Um... The ones I have for external podcasts are usually a bit more kind, like, you know, mindset is everything, um, be a game
1: changer. But this one says, nobody cares, work harder. That's my favorite saying ever. <laughs> so I have a sweatshirt that says, um, nobody cares, work harder. I tell my kids, but often you can meet these, these um, famous people and
0: um, they say, oh, you know, I'm blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah with my kids and everything else. And you wonder the truth when you get around to their house. I've been to your house. And I have watched you kick your kids out of bed at like 4.30 in the morning, maybe even five o'clock. I got kicked along with them and sent into the garage and forced to do burpees um, and (laughs) wall balls and all sorts of things like that well before. So yeah, you're fully congruent. I give you a round of applause for that one.
1: We got to start using that around Spartan nation. I like that. Are you fully congruent? That's um, everybody should look in the mirror and ask themselves that.
0: The yeah,
1: 100%. Do I just play an influencer on TV? Or am yeah. I actually making a difference? Right? Yeah. Am I fully congruent? I think that's,
0: that's one of my core values. Um, and um, by the way, I'm also going to sit here and say, not every day I smash my morning routine. Don't be stupid. Not every day do I wake up and the sun shines at my ass or everything goes to plan. Quite the opposite, right? Um, some days I'm fighting like cat and dog with my wife. All of those things. But most of the time, am I fully congruent? Like, do I, am I trying to lead by example? I think that's really important.
1: Yeah, you know, taking on that philosophy, having that value is really what keeps me on track. This morning I was running with some friends. We got about three and a half miles in and we got to the wrestling room where the kids are. And my friend said, hey, let's go grab a coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts across the street. I don't really drink coffee. But because I have memories of, and this probably applies to alcohol too for people, because I have memories of really great things in my life around people holding coffee. So, so my dad had a a, um, a big trucking company, a big trucking business when we were kids, and um, I'd see all the guys with trucks running early in the morning. It felt like like it felt like the big boys, you know what I mean, with the trucks running and oh, yeah. coffee in their hands, or construction sites over the years where I was mixing cement, guys had coffee in their hand. So I have these memories of like powerful people Mm. doing hard shit, starts early in the morning, in the dark with a coffee in your hand. So anyway, this morning, uh, my buddy Brian, we grab some of the other dads. Let's go grab a coffee. I don't really want coffee. I don't like coffee. But again, I have those memories. And um, we go over and then we come back. And the easy thing to do would have been just to sit there. My friends are going to listen to this and get so pissed at me. And drink the coffee but i was like that's not who i am can you imagine if anybody from spartan walked in here and i'm standing here just drinking a coffee so there's a pull-up bar and yes we got a three and a half mile run in already but like i still had 10 rounds of pull-ups push-ups and squats like i had to do my thing so so i know my friends are embarrassed because they're sitting on a bench holding their coffee watching me do 10 rounds ra- <laughs> <laughs> but i had to do it and and so what do you do? Are you fully congruent? What do you do when no one's watching? Here's a better one that I just thought of. What do you do when people are watching, but they're not doing it? You know it's pissing them off. You know you feel weird doing it. But like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. This is, why, am. Yeah. it's going to make me better. And we're doing this.
0: Well, I would say the vast majority of society don't. Um, in fact we know that from behavioral science people just follow the crowd um they follow the peer pressure they get in line they go in the queues especially in Sweden right um they 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 just want to follow the herd. Um, so that makes it even more difficult which I think you know um, is both incredibly inspiring about you but also um you know in a way fear making right because you're like how the hell does Joe do that right how does he break out of what is a social norm in that moment when everyone's drinking a coffee and the social expectation is just to fit in and bust out some pull-ups. So
1: how did you get to that? <laughs> it brought, Was it always that way? First off, if you're out there, you're listening to this, you're watching it. I um, I think I come across as more hardcore than I actually am. And so if you want to be my friend, I am open to making friends. Um <laughs> I know because I realized recently that like people will put me in touch with these super influential, all these, and they don't really talk to me very much. And I'm thinking, oh, I I think they think that I'm going to make them do a race or I'm going to make them do 300 burpees early. Like, and that's not who I am. Like, I'm going to do them because I feel better or whatever, but like, I'll walk a race course with you. Really, really the reason I'm interested in. And bringing people in and hanging out is because the only thing that drives me is changing lives. Rivian, you know the Rivian, the car company. They gave me a Rivian for a while. It wasn't actually them. It was a friend of mine who had just bought a Rivian. Anyway, long story. And I had this Rivian, and I went and did a few of our events with it. And when I was there, I just decided while I was walking one of our cor- two of our courses, Killington in New Jersey, that I would just go up to people. Like, let's say I went up to you, Rory, and we don't really know each other and it wasn't pre-planned. And I was like, hey, what's your story? And you were like, well, actually, I I used to drink a lot. And then I found these races. And and the stories would unfold in front of me, just, you know, 30, 60-second stories. I collected 63 of them. And, and like every single one of them, Rory, unplanned, not curated. I did not say, oh, that person, because we pre-sent any, like, Almost like I was being punked by wow, handed camera or so like, oh well, I was stabbed twenty two times, and Spartan Race keeps me like you were stabbed twenty. Is this is somebody? Is this a joke? Are you an actress? Like how could yeah, that be? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 so the reason I'm interested in bringing people in and doing tons of podcasts and being around people is because when you see the power of this machine. Not to annoy you or, or me or any influence. It's not, it's not a video. It's not a book. It's not my... It's, you have to do the thing. You have to get dirty. You have to crawl. You have to be completely uncomfortable. You know it better than anybody in order to change. Anyway, back to your question. Was I always like this. You know, I grew up in Queens. You know that. In, in, in um, organized crime capital of the world. At that moment, my dad had a trucking company, which I just mentioned. There were trucks starting early in the morning. There was coffee being brewed. There were bagels being buttered. I love that sentence, but it's but it's true. Early, early, early morning, while, not, while 90% of the community in the world was asleep, I was starting to see that the go-getters, the hustlers, the people that got spoils, um, they woke up early. They got after it. My mom stumbles upon yoga, meditation, health food. And the same way the capo in organized crime took his job very seriously. My mom took her new life very seriously. She got she went all in on yoga and meditation. She started teaching it. She became vegan. It was so weird at the time. There was no Gary Brecca. There was no Andrew Uberman. There were no podcasts, there was no internet. <laughs> yeah. There was my mom and a bunch of Indians and robes and chanting and preaching not to use sunscreen because it had chemicals and we should take cold showers. It was so friggin weird. I wanted nothing to do with it. And that's what's awesome about a Gary Brecka or or a Huberman is they make it they normalize it somehow. So so anyway, was I always like this? I'm seeing the bagels being buttered. I'm seeing the bad guys do bad things, but but they're really into it. They're professional at it. I'm seeing mom meditate for 30 days straight and fast in her room, 30 days straight. So she's all in a professional about her craft. And and then my uncle Frank, I, I've never mentioned this, right? Because I'm now I have kids. I have an 18-year-old. I was just fighting with him this morning. My uncle Frank starts to teach me. He apparently taught my dad, my uncle Frank. He starts to teach me about being a professional. So I'm seeing all that stuff I just described in the background. And my uncle Frank is teaching me silly things like like where to leave your keys after you get out of your car, You know what time to eat, how to be a professional at life. And for whatever reason, you don't listen to your mom, you don't listen to your dad, like there's a person sometimes. Yeah, exactly. That, that has, you know. And he and he he started to guide me the right way. And then I had this business. And the business, the more professional I acted, the earlier I woke up. If I cleaned the trucks the night before, even if I was exhausted, if I did the hard work, it paid off. If I didn't, I lost the customer. I didn't mm-hmm. get paid. I was embarrassed. A competitor took my gut. Like there were there were consequences to not acting professional, the way my mom did, the way my dad did, the way Uncle Frank was teaching me. And don't forget, the big boss who started me in the business, the big boss says to me, on time is late. If you're gonna work here, and you're gonna be here at 8 a.m., you get here at 7.45. You don't just clean the pool, I'm paying you to clean the pool, you don't just, you clean the windows, you straighten up the shed. Like, and so the big boss is saying it, I'm listening, I'm scared, right? And so, I don't know. I it de- it developed. It developed because I it was is. I was a pudgy little kid. I wasn't. I wasn't born with a V shape and a running a five minute mile and and eating you know vegetables and egg whites like I. So, <laughs> so I, it developed, and I liked the way it felt. To, to treat things professionally.
0: And I think that you will come on to this, but I think that's something that you feel quite strongly is very much missing from um, the the parenting and, uh, well, kids of today and all sorts of things like that, which have led on to much of your message about what we actually need to be teaching kids. But in fact, yeah, touch on that because you feel pretty strongly well, it, about it, it's just...
1: It's interesting, right? Because my wife and any of the moms from any of the families we've been friends with, including yours, right? Any of the moms are wired to protect and soften and make sure the cave is a, is a comfortable place. And that made a lot of sense 2,500 years ago and 200 years ago and 100 years ago. But, but now in this really soft, cushy world, with climate controls and Uber Eats and everything at your fingertips and everybody in your household staring at phones, we need a little more dad, a little more hunter gatherer, and a little less, you know, cushy household nonsense. But but you can't blame you can't blame people because they're wired. We're wired that way from all those years of evolution. And we're all the dads I taught, we're all fighting our spouses, our kids, our communities, our schools. We're fighting everybody and saying, hang on a second. The kids need to. I made the kids carry kettlebells one day. Had a woman pull over her car. It was like 70 degrees. It wasn't even that hot. They were carrying it like two or three miles, these kettlebells, just for exercise. Pulls over, screeches her station wagon, jumps out and asks the kids, you know him. I watched for the last 10 minutes you're carrying these heavy weights. Do you have water? You kids. I was like, man, these are, these are my kids. Like, I don't want to fight. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> like, like then I thought about it and I didn't want to be upset. I was like, oh, she has not seen a kid on a sidewalk in five years. Kids don't come out on sidewalks anymore. They certainly don't come out on sidewalks carrying kettlebells. This, they might be aliens. They might be, maybe I'm abducting them. <laughs> <laughs> <To> the <solution. laughs> so, yep. so, so, um, you know, I had my son, Charlie, you know, Charlie, he was like five, four or five years old, put him in a life jacket. I said, we're swimming across the lake. He didn't even know what a mile was. Not going to drown. He has a life jacket on. Took a long time. Sun started to go up, come down and some neighbor in a kayak came out and she was fighting, trying to get Charlie out of the water and. This, I, we've watched you. "Ma'am, it's my son. It's okay. You don't even see fish in this pond anymore." Like, come on, stop. Anyway, yeah. So, are fighting our urges and our instincts as humans to be protective, when actually, actually, we should be putting them in in more danger. Okay, and um, but why? You know, what what
0: is it you're seeing that 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 by putting them in more danger or doing, what's the outcome? Why should, you know, it's so much easier for us to give them um, easy lifestyles and just to throw the phone at them and, and not do all that stuff and not create those things.
1: Why are you saying that we should be doing this? There's a lot of unintended negative consequences that come along with a human being not being prepared for the stuff that's coming at them, for example, They're going to have to get into a school. They're going to have to negotiate with classmates and girlfriends or boyfriends. They're going to have to get a job. They're going to get fired from their job. Someone close to them is going to get sick and die. They're going to get sick. These are going to be major life obstacles that come their way, and they are not going to be prepared if we're wiping their asses we're helping them do everything they have to do on a daily basis. I'm, By the way, I'm just as complicit. As hard as I'm talking and as much as I'm advocating for this, for putting obstacles in their way, I'm a parent in a modern world. And I trip and I make it easy, too easy. And and really, we should let them fail and suffer and feel the pain like I felt when I lost that customer, when when that relationship, you know, broke. When you 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 know go down the list, when I lost that job, mm. because the sooner I can feel that pain, and the sooner I can learn to bounce back from it and learn from it, the more successful I'll be in life. Yeah.
0: So um, I, I'm pretty sure it was your speech I went to at uh, Brand Week, um, and you were talking about amazing things. In fact, you brought up the study, which is. One of the largest ever studies looking back over decades of children, um, over longevity study, and they were looking for single factors that were indicating a propensity for success, right? Success being derived, um, you know, available financial means, uh, happiness in the household, all of those kind of things, right? So, um, and there was one outlying factor by a significant margin, and that is grit. Um, And this is something, you know, since I saw that, that I am such a strong proponent of in in the family, like if you trip up, I'm not coming back to get you, don't be silly, right? That's just like the basics, you know, come on, get yourself up because they've got to learn to to pick themselves up. They've got to learn um, that they are actually okay and all of those kind of things within reason, right? If there's serious amounts of blood coming out, maybe it needs attention. Something that you are so good at is um, trying to give this message out to people about um, really enforcing grit, getting over the hard stuff, celebrating failure, I think it was the founder of Spanx, and she said that every single mealtime, Dad used to say, "Right, what do we fail at today?" and and it, there was a
1: there was a culture of celebrating failure. I'm 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 all in. I I I know that family well. I we have to fight our own instincts. Our own instincts is to protect, as we as we said before, as parents, and to help and to uplift and to you know give a hand to. But, but actually, when I think about my own parenting, my first time at it, and I wrote a damn book on it, and I think about living on that farm, and we would wake up in the morning, we'd go to ski practice, downhill ski practice, 30 below temperatures some days, and all I thought about was, how, how do we get a lot of runs in up and down the mountain? How do we get there a little, little earlier? How do I remove... Um, some of the time delays by putting out the boots the night before and getting everything organized and the and the little um you know the gear and everything. And when I when I reflect back on those moments, I was so focused on, hey, we're gonna get better at skiing. We're gonna be on the mountain longer, that actually the grit builder, the thing I should have been focused on was, hey, go find your boots. Right? Hey, put them on your CF. Hey, go get your own lift ticket. Completely, you know, right. Go shovel the poop from the cows out in the field and I'll pay you enough money to get the lift ticket today. And like, that should have been actually the focus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's in the minutia, isn't it? It's in the minutia It's actually how everything happens. So it's not even in the grand statements. Um, And so I think, you know, like all of these changes, right. If somebody's like, oh, I just fall over backwards from my kids every five seconds. We'll just start with something small. Just push back a little bit, right. But this leads us beautifully on to actually what we're here to do, and which is something incredible about this thing called Spartan, um, which is the outcome of going through something very painful. Um, and the outcome is, is kind of hard to, to say to somebody who's never done it before because they, they're going to look at that and go, Look, I listened to this podcast, I listened to Joe, but why the fuck do I want to go out in the cold, through the mud, under barbed wire, carrying a sandbag for hours? Like, I just don't understand. I'd rather sit and put
1: the TV on. You know, it's a great question. And I was thinking about it this morning. I I saw an image of a Scottish Highlander out in Montana in the winter. And I remember those images on the farm in Vermont. We had Scottish Highlanders and the brutal winds, and the snow, and that animal just standing out there and taking it. And I thought to myself this morning, I thought, there's real magic, like like evolution has made it really appealing to eat, because if we eat, we survive. And it's made it really appealing to have sex, because if we have sex, we survive as a species. And... It's not so appealing to stand out in the cold on the field. It's not appealing, right? But it's just as awesome, for those of you listening and watching, it's just as awesome as having sex and eating. <laughs> Doing. It's not intuitive. It's not intuitive. It doesn't make sense. But when you get in from that cold run on that yeah. mountain and the wind is blowing, and you're, you know, you're tired and you're hungry. Oh my God, there is something as, as awesome as, as the other two, you know, treats we get as human beings. like, you just, you know, we used to have a tagline. I still use it once in a while. We should bring it back. Uh, you'll know at the finish line. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's the encouragement,
0: right? So to the, to everyone who's listening. This pause just for a brief moment. I just want to share with you some of the heartfelt feedback from our incredible Complete Control community members. Listen to this.
2: I I don't know how I signed up. I think I just got an ad on Instagram and just got a whim, just hit the button and did a call and then signed up and didn't really consciously think much about it. Then after that, I was like, what did I just sign up for? Wait a second here, like far exceeded my expectations. I'm usually extremely skeptical, so I don't know how I even signed up in the first place, but whatever it was. so it's just amazing how like the transformation that I've seen and even the drinking part is just kind of the super it, it was the Achilles heel but it's kind of just the superficial problem and it's like once I kind of clear that up there's so much more possibility and, and you know the exploration discussions with Gary with Candace have just been so powerful and kind of they both kind of focus on a different area and then with Glenn kind of looking at my data and with my co cohorts or classmates or, you know, it's just been just, everything has just been so powerful and kind of supportive of, you know, completing the whole picture of how I do this. Um, so just really grateful and, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and also just feel more grateful and not only just for all of you, but just, just in life in general, it's just a little bit more clarity and peace and calm and, and and so forth so
3: i am incredibly grateful for this entire program everybody on this call and everything that we were able to experience um i think that it delivered more than i expected honestly i i like i've said before i've done a couple like challenges and different things and i think that this beyond um examining my relationship with alcohol and making i think pretty good strides in in um staying alcohol free um i think it taught me a ton about myself and how to like examine my habits and my thoughts and those kind of um patterns and ways to ways to approach the things that worried me the most in this in this experience um have just been invaluable I think I'm leaving feeling um in stronger in general, more self-aware in general. And um just really more anchored in who I want to be and what my values are and how I can, you know, take better steps to achieve those. So it's been fantastic for me. And again, the our team, I, I really um appreciate all the feedback and support from every single person on this call. But my cohort as well. It's been great. So I love everybody that I've met here. I have loved the program. I am not a, an emotional person like this, but this has changed my life. It, it, it has given me a life. Um, and there's other, other things I need to do too. Um, but I don't have to do a clock anymore. So thank you. It's been an amazing journey and a very, I appreciate the professionalism. Whenever I feel the stress, I, there's, there's something, That I can go back to to everybody and the sharing from everybody and the professionalism of the program. So I loved it. And I've grown a lot. So kisses. One word is transformational. That's a word that's been bandied about for decades, but in this, it is absolutely accurate, if I was to use one word. This was a great investment. It's not it's not self-help, it's self-realization. It's um super powerful, but it it exceeded my expectations. Or maybe it was Sharon you said so that. Um uh or maybe I'm exceeding my expectations, and I like that. The yeah, program has been hugely, I'm hugely great for some program.
0: I think the journey of for myself has been amazing. I mean, I remember telling, I don't know if it was Janice or Gary, the first three or four weeks of the program, I was like, I can't stop thinking about not drinking. It's just, it's in my head. I'm happy, every day I'm thinking about not drinking. And it's its like now I'm not even thinking about it. You know, it's just like my life has sort of stepped on. I'm excited about the future. Um, things are looking good, things are looking good. I just love sharing the things people are saying about our complete control program. Okay, let's get back into the episode. First of all, you had the wonderful Dr. Anne Lemke on your podcast, you came on ours too. Dopamine Nation, brilliant book, right? That we work from this ple- pleasure-pain balance. And we're all so busy getting pleasure and focusing on pleasure that the brain constantly resets and puts us back into pain. So you're living a painful life by constantly seeking the pleasure. But the opposite is true, which is what's amazing, is that when you focus on the pain, standing out there in the cold or going through that mud, the pleasure is, it's a much greater pleasure that lasts longer right? When you seek the pain. Now, this is me in the pool this morning. It's, you know, whatever, 12, 13 degrees this morning for five minutes, just getting that cool, because I know it gives me that rush for the rest of the day. So the thing about the Spartan is when you look at it, you're just like, I don't know. I don't know why I would do that. I don't know why I would go for it. The bit that is, that is psychologically happening inside their brain when they commit to it is that this is the tool that is actually going to finally change your relationship with alcohol. It's the tool that's going to get you promoted. It's the tool that's going to make you show up as a better parent. It's the tool that's going to make you look after your health better. Like the outcomes are enormous just from that one thing of deciding to go in for a Spartan because of the very nature of having to go through it. Would you agree with that?
1: A thousand percent. Not not only that, not, not only is it the tool that gets you all those things, but as you started with, it's so damn pleasurable once you've yeah, done it a bunch. Exactly. At the end, <laughs> I don't find it pleasurable in the moment. <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's addictive. Listen, listen, I'm running around, like I said before, at some of our races all over the world. Rory, I am bumping into more people this year that, oh, I'm on my 90th race, yes. I'm on my 112th yeah. event. I'm like, wow. It's so damn yeah. addictive. It's those medals you get. By the way. It's the medals. Nothing to do with the medals. <laughs> it's the feeling you get when you come across yeah. the finish line. By the way, when we started the company, I was emphatic that it's not, it's nothing to do with the medals, nothing to do with the t-shirt. This is about doing the hard work. And I took the medal and I went into our shop on the farm in Vermont and I took a chop saw. And I chopped the metal into three pieces and sparks were flying. And we videotaped it. And I said, I'm now, I'm now only giving everybody a third of a medal. That's all they're getting. And you got to do three events to get a full one, to get the full metal. You clip it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where the trifecta came from. <laughs> that's what, your, your moment of insanity. The reason people that I'm doing this is because true change is not going to happen with one event. You've got to do... 12 months of hard work, yeah. right? And the audience went. <laughs> I can't wake up in the morning anymore if I don't have my full medal. I can't believe you want to give me a Dorito for finishing because it, it the third of it looked like a Dorito. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to give everybody the full medal. So that's why the two is in there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, so the, I think the, the, the biggest part is Inside all of this is, you know, there's a lot of people who are listening, who are just getting off the couch, um, that, you know, alcohol creeps in. And the first thing that goes is usually exercise, um, as it starts to creep up and creep up for people. Um, and they know they want to do the exercise. They know they want to get into it. So in, I think day two of the, of the challenge and things like that, we always recommend booking into a challenge. This is why we've right, worked with Spartan. We've been at Spartan races and finish lines and everything else. Because it fits so well together. So, what do you think? You know, if somebody's listening um, and they're hesitant, they're still sat on that couch, um, what do you think they need to do for themselves in order to, yeah, step over the line, uh, go for it?
1: Well, I love, you know, I've done a lot of podcasts myself. I've spoken to a lot of smart people and I love this idea of sneakers on. So, in the morning, I've, you know, I've interviewed a lot of Olympians, a lot of high level business people. We all get stuck. I get stuck. This morning, I woke up four four a.m. sharp, and I was like, "I'd really love to get another hour of sleep." And then finally, finally, I stood up. So even for me, I have to I have to battle those demons. And and what these folks taught me was, you can lie to yourself in those moments. You know, you've got to go get that three and a half mile run, and you got to do those ten rounds of pull ups and push ups and squat. Like you know, you got to do that, but you can lie to yourself. You can say, you know what. Today we're gonna to take it easy. Let's just get out of bed and get sneakers on. And if you can gain that momentum to just get the sneakers on and just get outside, you probably end up doing the whole exactly. thing like I did this exactly. morning. Anyway, so so it's okay to lie to yourself and it's definitely okay to lie to your friends. You can say to your friends, hey, we're going to have a barbecue. I used to do it for years. And then they would say, well, Why are we getting up at five AM for barbecue? And I'd say, "Well, we got to carry the barbecue to the top." (laughs) And then, and then ultimately, they got barbecue. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Um, I recently listened to a podcast with Jordan Peterson, and he said he was saying exactly the same thing. You know, even in the most the most difficult moments of somebody in their despair, the lowest form of something is where you've got to meet them at. Um, and it's by going into the lowest possible form like everyone can do something so when that inertia is there oh god I you know Spartan is way off for me the first thing is let's just just put the shoes on right in the morning just put the shoes on and let's see what happens um and next minute you'll be running 12 Spartans a year and traveling all the world on your hundredth Spartan I've had oh, I, I'll give you
1: two more quick ones I I met a guy at one of our races, he was missing his teeth. And I went up to him and I just started talking. He goes, he goes, I'm a pretty heavy drug user. And three or four months ago, I was in my pickup truck and I pulled over to the side of the road and was thinking of killing myself. I just couldn't get it there. And I, I happened to hear a Spartan race ad on the radio in my truck. And he goes, Not kidding you. I got out of the truck and I went into the woods and I started training right there, right now. And I've been training ever since, and I'm and I'm here today. And so no matter how far down you are when you start, you can get there. There was a young, a young eighteen year old. She said, I was on my couch. I was watching Netflix like everybody else. I was smoking. I was looking at my phone all day. I heard about the Spartan thing. I went out and I did a stadium race and then I I heard that you're supposed to go to stadium to sprint, so I went and did a sprint, and then I did a super, and then I did a beast, then I did an ultra beast, and here I am at the death race. <laughs> she won wow. the- Wow. What's
0: the death race, Joseph?
1: <laughs> death race is on the farm every year. Everybody on your podcast, anybody listening to your podcast, tell him that you're in. Tell him that he's in. Death race. Rory's gonna, Rory's gonna come. He's gonna bring his kids to the farm. It's the end of June, 2024. I'm sure it's going to be a hot ticket, Rory. And they're going to show up on the farm. And if they have kids, they could bring them. And we put the kids in the death camp while the adults are going to do death race. And we're just, it's basically like Navy SEALs, you know, selection mm-hmm. training. And and I'll take, you know, you'll say to me, Rory, when you show up with your with your audience on the farm in in June, you'll say to me here, Joe, don't kill them completely. Take them just to the so I could just give them an appetizer if you want, or we could take them all the way through to the finish line. But it's but it's a life-changing experience that gets you to the core of yourself, to a place where you are fighting every single demon to the last breath. And and when you come out the other side, you're a changed human. Literally a transformed human. It's like it's like I took your brain out and put a new brain in. And, um, one day. Ash. And-, <laughs> and. Hey, just come for the appetizer. 2024, next year. Just come. Cool. We'll put together a group. We'll, we'll you know, uh, whatever you want to call the group. It's on me. No charge. And we'll just have some fun. Amazing. Hear that. Okay,
0: cool. So, Death Race 2024, appetizer.
1: In Vermont, on the farm, 12 hours only. I, everybody else is going to do, you know, 72 plus, And, you just get a taste.
0: <laughs> I have done twelve hours before, but it was on a bike. Um a, l- yeah. a little bit easier. I can't remember what I was going to say about that. Um,
1: well, your 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 brain is trying to get you out of it, but but you're, in. <laughs> you're doing this nervously. My wife's definitely in. Uh, she's she's yeah. def- that is definitely in. Can you can you just tell the audience, you Jen, um, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. All they're going to do is get to the farm.
0: Easy, 2024, we're there. Um, so, uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. There's actually a video about this. There's a documentary. Uh, it was a Netflix documentary about Death Race.
1: I didn't. We haven't. We haven't published it yet. I've seen it. We have, we have, I don't know. Yeah, I. I probably showed it to you. We haven't done anything with it yet. Why not? Yeah. Are you worried? Because COVID, COVID hit, uh-huh. and we just. I got three documentaries that are almost complete. Death Race is pretty complete. It was the HubSpot one, I think, wasn't it? Oh, that one you—that one is published. You haven't seen this one, okay. and this one, this one, the woman that we highlighted—I don't want to give it away, but um, I'll tell you one thing. That was the year that I'm not even going to tell you anything because then you won't show up. Bring, bring <laughs> your friends. I've seen some of
0: this stuff. Yeah. I've seen some of it. I've seen people being absolutely beasted beyond their beyond their belief. So yeah,
1: you're only doing. You're doing the appetizer. I promise you it'll be a nice 12-hour, you know, picking flowers, whole (laughs) thing.
0: Barbecuing in the warm with a jacuzzi. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Um, Cool. So um, what do people do if they want to go and uh, join a Spartan? We're we're, we're broadcasting all over the world. So how many countries are you in?
1: Everywhere, anywhere you are. I'm shocked. I was in Ukraine. Not too long ago, as you know, and, and I was meeting people that had done Spartan. It's just yeah. unbelievable. It's everywhere. So what they should do, anybody who wants to do a race, get in touch with Rory. Tell tell him you want to do a race. He'll collect your name, your email. I'll get you guys a bunch of entries. I would say I'd be highly disappointed if 300 of you uh, don't come together and do this. We'll we'll emulate the private uh, the death race
0: <laughs> <laughs> in Vermont. Amazing. Sounds like fun. Joe, um, thank you for inspiring people to be um, stronger, tougher, and do great things. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Spartan and big fan of you. So great to share the message. Um, I'd love to get back to being at those Spartans finish lines again one day. We will. We will be back there. Um, But thanks very much for coming on the show. Any final thoughts from you? June, 2024. If if we're allowed to stay for a week at the farm, then uh, we'll come for it.
1: Hey, for a week, consider it like one of these um influencer. What do they call it? Gathering. Yeah, you know? be one of those.
0: We get some f- film crew in there and get some more influencers involved. <laughs> Just tell them it's gonna be a nice week in Vermont, and they're gonna be we're gonna be having a barbecue, guys.
1: <laughs> it's it's an awesome week. Um, fun-filled speakers, <laughs> um, journaling, <laughs> yoga,
0: stretching, stretching.
1: We could we listen. Only the people listening here will know the truth. Can you and I work on a landing page yep. that cre- that has like a curated like um offsite type and hidden
0: hidden in it, all the wording just some clever copy right you'll have let's, plenty of mindful like, moments to really think about life
1: <laughs> if, if, if if you give me the first uh draft yeah. of it i will create it and put it on the site you can put it on your site and we'll, and we'll promote it we'll promote it at uh, relaxing,
0: retreat. yeah. Discovery, self-discovery. Discovery. Discover, discover Discovery. your your true self. I'm gonna to get to work on that. Joe, thank you very much for coming on
1: the show as always. See you, bud. You're awesome.